How's it going, buddy? Welcome back to the Training Camp Podcast. Usually I do like a, a weird intro where I just rant or talk about random stuff, but I've we've had a very busy, not just day today with news, but a very busy week. So we're, we're just going to hop right into the news of the week, honestly. Um, so I'm going to get to the NFL stuff later because there's so much of it. Uh, over the weekend, we did have the All-Star Weekend. Uh, it was so much fun. I Honestly, I really like watching the All-Star Weekend with all the changes that they've made to the All-Star Game. I like how if it's a blowout, it's not really a blowout anymore. It's just more the achieve this many points. Obviously, the Omaha Chicago 24 is awesome as well. Uh, also, the teams were very not fairly matched. <laughs> You could tell uh, it was amazing to see LeBron play with Steph because just seeing the way those two play together was rare. Obviously, we don't see that ever. Um, and their playing styles really complement each other. You could tell both of them were just having a fun time uh, playing with each other. I mean, obviously, Le- LeBron's never had a shooter like Steph or even like uh, just a player like Steph with the playmaking, the speed, the finishing ability the three-pointer obviously and LeBron uh, Steph vice versa has never had a player like LeBron on his team just with the finishing ability the veteran uh the leadership um just again it's everything that makes up LeBron James LeBron James he's never had someone like that the closest thing to that obviously being KD but those they're two completely different types of players I'm telling you guys something you already know anyway the all-star game was a lot of fun to watch honestly Giannis went for six 16 for 16 obviously really really cool um, he won finals or finals MVP. He wishes he won all-star MVP, which again, if you don't miss the shot, pretty fair. Uh, other people that I think could have been in contention for it were Damian Lillard. Most definitely Steph didn't have like the greatest game, but he was just had a fun time. So I think he would have been a fun one to, to see get the award as well. But, uh, I think Giannis definitely, this wasn't one of those games where like in the past we had like Anthony Davis shot 53 or you games like that in the all-star game where it's like, okay, this person hundred percent deserves the all-star MVP. Uh, it was one of those things where kept like, but he went for 16 for 16. So it's pretty fair, honestly. He even made, he made what, two, three pointers? Maybe it was just one. Um, but no, the also game overall was fun. I mean, even, like I said, even though the game's being blown out for most of the, the game, then fourth quarter comes around. They're like, all right, you just got to reach this, uh, this score. And it makes it more competitive, makes it more fun to watch. We also have other events like the three point contest, which Steph proved me wrong i said he probably i said you don't put your money on steph because he'll be the favorite to win he was the favorite to win and he did win he probably shouldn't have but god he's steph curry so he came back he had a horrible start to that final round also mike conley got into the last round so shout out mike conley proved everybody wrong everyone's like mike conley's taking Devin booker's place in the okay that good luck and then he Almost probably, my man probably thought he had Steph in the bag with the with the round that he had, and then the way Steph was starting. But yeah, Steph won. So congrats to y'all that bet on Steph. Uh, it was a smart bet, honestly. I just I thought because Steph's been in the three point contest before, he just hasn't won it. So I thought, what's the camera doing? Stop, stop that, stop. Anyway, um, yeah, the skills. Can you not camera? Uh, you had the skills competition, obviously as well. Not that entertaining. I'm not gonna really talk about it. Uh, it's a bonus one. Congratulations. And then the the dunk contest. The dunk contest this year and like last year probably should be called the dud contests because I don't know, there's not that entertaining. The NBA is moving away from like getting players that we want to see in the dunk contest. Like here's a great player we want to see in the dunk contest this year, Zion. Here's another great one, Ja. Like there's two players alone. They only had three players this year. I missed the days where it was like you had five and you had a bunch of rounds and 
I don't know, it's just like the NBA doesn't seem to care. I mean, they're giving it to, I don't want to say nobody's because that's kind of disrespectful to those players that were in it. But like, and the dunks that they did are difficult. Let's be real. I can't walk onto a court and do the dunks that they were doing. No way in my mind, no way in the hell would that ever happen. Um, it's just like, from what we've come to, I think Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon's dunk contest honestly has just like ruined further dunk contests until we can get another rivalry like that because like those two, Zach Levine didn't, in his first dunk contest, didn't have much of a following, but there were other players in it that made them want to watch and Zach Levine just stole the show. Second time Zach Levine was in it, Zach Levine had kind of a rep for being a great dunker and then Aaron Gordon came out of nowhere and just put on an amazing game um, or competition between the two of them. And so... Like, I don't know. I think that they just need to start inviting more big names to the dunk contest to make it more entertaining now. I mean, you look at literally all the previous ones, um, maybe aside from last year's. I know Aaron Gordon was in last year's. But you just look at players who have been in them. Like, you had the, the Vince Carter uh, one who had a bunch of good names in it. You had the uh, Jason Richardson one with a great bunch of great names in it. The Blake Griffin one had a bunch of good people in it. I'm only naming the champions, obviously. Cause I don't want to sit here and name 40 people. Uh, but the Nate Robinson one, the Dwight Howard one, the JaVale McGee, like they've all had great people in them uh, and they were all memorable, but it seems like this one, like I didn't even really watch it. I just waited for Bleacher Report <laughs> or Twitter to give me the highlights from it. So I think the NBA has got to rework that a little bit. Um, all right. That's basically all of the NBA news for now. I will be touching on some NBA stuff in a little bit, but for right now, that's basically the news of the week. Um, let's go to the NFL. So, news of the week here. All right, the NFL teams are cleaning house officially. Like, we have seen uh, the franchise tag being put. We've seen the players being cut. We have seen uh, players who be, you know, not franchised by teams. Biggest names to be franchised so far, we have Aaron Rob... We've got Robinson. Did I just forget his name? Allen Robinson. Jesus. <laughs> Allen Robinson, franchised by Chicago. Uh, I'll go over these all individually in a second, but Aaron Rodgers, Allen Robinson, uh, Justin Simmons, Marcus Williams, Chris Godwin, and Leonard Williams. Those were, I think, for me, the bigger names that got franchised. Um, Allen Robinson, I don't know how that's going to go over because he was pretty adamant throughout the season that he does not want to be a Chicago Bear. Um, there was a report that I got literally about uh, 10 minutes before I started the podcast that Chicago could be trading. Uh, this is CBS Sports is the ones that reported this. Uh, Chicago could be trading for a quarterback, and it could be a huge package for either Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson, and it could be a, quote, boatload of draft picks. So, all right, maybe Allen Robinson will be happy, but if they don't get something like that, I don't see Allen Robinson being happy with the situation. Uh, I mean, it makes sense to be for the franchise because you're getting him cheaper than I think they got him for 11 million, and his market value is going to be like 14 million. Um, and there are teams that have cap space that probably would have offered him 14 million, whether he deserves it or not. Um, but yeah, no, I just don't think that we'll see how this happens. He's obviously one of the best things about that team. He's a great receiver. He's always been disrespected just by the fact that he hasn't had good quarterbacks. So, sorry, sorry, Allen Robinson. <laughs> Uh, Justin Simmons, it makes sense for Denver to franchise him. He's young. Uh, as are all the players on this, this list, obviously. But uh, he's a defensive player. It looks like their defense might be taking a hit because they're probably going to be shopping Von Miller. Um, they're getting Bradley Chubb back, so they are getting some strength back on the defensive side. But uh, I don't know. I think this makes sense because that way you don't spend money on defense. You can worry more about spending money on the offensive side, either to get weapons and protection for Drew Locke or to get uh, someone besides Drew Locke that could be 
uh, where they're going to be looking to spend their money. They have, so they have relatively good cap for the most part. They're not paying that many players. I think Von Miller is like really their highest paid player on that team right now. It's a bunch of young players. So I, I, I wasn't surprised by that at all. Marcus Williams by the Saints. Again, totally makes sense. Their defense for the most part. I know that they released uh, Quan Alexander, but I think essentially other than that, they're bringing everybody back from... Uh, from last year's defensive team. They had a great defensive team, very underrated to start the year uh, defensive team. So, makes sense again. Obviously, they're probably they're doing this because he's going to be cheaper on the franchise tag than he will be uh, at a signing price. Chris Godwin, 100% makes sense. His, his market value would have been a lot more expensive than his franchise tag value. Uh, the Buccaneers, I mean... <laughs> They, it's not like if they let him go, they wouldn't have the weapons. Uh, they would still, they're probably going to bring back AB on a super cheap contract because not many teams are willing to offer AB a big contract now. And AB seems, he was very low maintenance in Tampa Bay. So it wouldn't surprise me if he's resigned there for like two or three million dollars. Um, but I mean, if they let Godwin walk, oh, then we only have Gronk, Cameron Brait, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Scotty Miller, who, who had a great uh, first year under Tom Brady. Uh, I know that Fournette is technically a free agent, but I think that they're probably going to re-sign him for super cheap as well. And Ronald Jones, oh, what will we do? We have no weapons. Like, it's not, <laughs> they they wouldn't be worried. Uh, but it definitely makes sense because, I mean, they didn't even get the full load of Godwin this year because he had a couple injuries. Thanks thanks for that, my, my, my fantasy team. Appreciate that. But I was counting on you. When you played, you were good. Um, but I think you, no one wanted to trade for you either. So I'm not drafting you next year unless you're like a steal. So... Watch him pop off next year. Uh, and then the last one I said was also Leonard Williams for the Giants. Also makes sense. Great young defensive player. I don't think his market value would have been as big as people were expecting it to be. Um, so I think franchising him might have been like the same price that they could have signed him as. Uh, but at the same time, you want to make sure you know what you're getting with this player. My guess is the Giants franchise him so that they know, okay, this is what we're going to get from him in the future. Now we can sign him to a longer contract. And Leonard Williams seems relatively happy in Giants. I had, might be wrong about this, but uh, there hasn't been any drama surrounding him in New York at all. Um, but the drama's actually gone down ever since Joe Judge has taken over as coach. So those are the bigger names. Oh, uh, another piece of news that I forgot to mention. Uh, the XFL and the CFL are reportedly going to be working together. I think that's kind of cool. Hold on. I am. I need to. Uh, this is why I'm going to talk for 10 minutes straight. Uh, I think it's kind of cool, honestly. I think this is kind of the opportunity to implement more of an international league. Obviously, Canada and the U.S., it doesn't make it international because there's only two countries. But I think they might get, like... They might put some teams in Mexico. They might put uh, a team in London. I don't like the London team idea just because, like, that's so much for a game. You gotta travel there. You gotta play in a, in a essentially what's an away stadium unless you're the home team. And then travel back. Like, it just is so much. Um, but I, I think it's kind of cool because you're getting more. You're getting a dynamic and a larger uh, kind of. Uh, control group. I don't know. That's why I learned that in science class. Uh, but you're, uh, what's the, this isn't even science. This should just be common knowledge, but you're getting a bigger range of people. Sure. We're going to use that term because I can't think of the actual term. I took AP to statistics. I should know this, uh, but you're getting a, a broader, this is going to piss me off for the rest of the day. This is going to actually bug me for the rest of the day that I can't remember this range. We're just going to call it a range. Uh, a bigger range of players to see how the league 
kind of, you know, operates. And I think it's really cool that they're going to work with the, the CFL because CFL has rules that I think could work with the XFL, but there's also rules that the XFL could definitely bring into the CFL. I have no idea how this is going to happen or if maybe they're just coordinating, okay, we'll take one of your coaches, you take one of ours. It's a, it's a, it's a hey, you take one of ours, I'll take one of yours kind of situation. Who knows? There was the inner theater major there. <laughs> okay, moving on to my first... Uh, there okay obviously there was one thing in the news that i did not talk about we're gonna talk about that not now but next so chill of course i'm gonna talk about it. uh but one of the things i want to talk about i'm talking about nba mainly because there's not many big nba headlines right now happening now that we're past all-star break and the trade deadline's about to happen i will probably be talking a lot of nba now so if you if you have friends that like the nba hey come come out come have them. i don't know why i'm going back to new york but come out and watch the podcast we'd have love to have them here i don't know why i'm doing this <laughs> Uh, but no, seriously, the, you guys, like, most of my audience is just NFL people, so if you guys have friends, or if you guys like the NBA, I talk about it here. So, anyway, getting to the, as you guys can see by the banner already, but, uh, yeah, so, the Lakers are reportedly interested in signing Andre Drummond, if bought, if slash when, he probably will be, bought out, similar to, like, what just happened to Blake Griffin. Um, doesn't surprise me, doesn't surprise me if he'd sign there either. Oh my God! Could you imagine that Lakers team with Drummond? He doesn't have to start. My man could come off the bench. He will start because oh man, because then Anthony Davis finally doesn't play the five. I don't know why he hates playing the five, but now he gets what he wants. And then you could have Trez really playing six man essentially because Trez's minutes haven't really been like six man minutes because um, they don't have a center. And obviously with AD's injury, like Trez has been playing a little bit more. Uh, but now if they, if they get Andre Drummond, that's so much depth. Um, and then the other team that made a powerhouse signing was the Nets, and they signed Blake Griffin. I think a lot of people are underrate, undermining and underrating this signing. I think a lot of people think that Blake Griffin's washed. I just think playing in Detroit in such a small market, it runs your name down a little bit. Um, so, yes, he's been injury-plagued throughout his entire career. You know, he's transitioned, obviously, from the athletic dominant force that he used to be into more of like a shooting type of player. Um, he still operates in the post, but you know he shoots a lot more threes now than he ever did. He wasn't known as a three-point shooter. I think he's one of those few players that's adapted to the way the game is going, which is awesome. Um, so I think, obviously, he's not going to harm the Nets in that way because he offers them more perimeter shooting. Literally, if they were to start him at center, which I don't think they will. I think they're going to continue starting Andre, uh, Andre Drummond. Jesus. DeAndre Jordan at center uh, and then having Griffin come off the bench instead of Jeff Green. That way Jeff Green could play maybe back a power forward or small forward coming off the bench. Um you know, now they have, whether he starts or he's benched, benched, but comes off the bench. I like to say benched, but whether he comes off the bench, they still have the perimeter shooting. Uh, and I think it's it's really, really good for them that they have a big man now that, because I know KD, KD's a big man, but he's not a big man, you know? And so now that they have a center who can shoot, which is one of the reasons I thought they should trade for Vucevic, because then you get someone who's not only dominant in the post, great at rebounding, but he can also stretch the floor. Now, if he's coming off the bench, you can stretch the floor with Blake. If he's starting, then you literally have everybody. It's just, everybody can stretch the floor in this case. Um, it'd still be interesting. Hey, man, maybe maybe they still trade Kyrie for Vucevic, and then you got James Harden at the one, you got Joe Harris at the two, and I said, I mean, Eric Gordon was involved in that trade. You could have Eric Gordon come off the bench. You could have KD at the three, Blake at the four, and then Vucevic at the five. And off the bench, you got Aaron Gordon and DeAndre Jordan. It's not going to happen. They've actually been on a roll lately, so I don't think they should trade Kyrie anymore. It's still kind of a cool trade, but I don't think it should happen. But, um... 
No, I, I, I still think both teams, I think the Lakers end up will end up getting Drummond. So this is essentially just going to be the outlook for what the finals are in my mind. I know the Jazz are the one seed. Uh, I know that Philadelphia looks like a great team. I know that the Bucks are kind of resurging. Uh, I know the Clippers are obviously kind of flying under the radar right now because they're not talking as much as they did last year. But I just think one of the things that happens with the Lakers and just LeBron teams in general, and I think this is going to start happening with the Nets as well, is once like all-star break happens, if the team that LeBron is on knows like, okay, we're going to make the playoffs, like our record is good enough, we're, we're going to be fine, um, then he starts to kind of take it easy and they start to slide down in the conference rankings a little bit. So they won't they, like, they hardly always get the one or two seed when it comes to LeBron's teams. I think it's because LeBron does a smart thing. He's like, okay, I'm going to start playing less minutes. We're going to start seeing that, especially now when he's getting older. Um, you can kind of see it in the all-star game. He's looking at all these players being like, oh man, I used to be able to do that. I can't anymore. And he subbed himself out super early. Um, okay. There's still construction going on. So I apologize if you guys can hear some of that. Um, but yeah, no, so I think LeBron's going to start playing less minutes. I don't think he's going to do the whole not playing in a game. I just think his minutes are going to be start to become restricted. And uh, they, they'll probably finish like the three or four seed, honestly, in my mind. I don't think they'll be the one, two, or three seed. I think they'll be the four seed. And then people are going to be like, oh, they're going to be me last year, essentially, being like, oh, well, what, the, the Lakers are the four seed. Whatever will they do? They're, they're falling. They're, they're, this could be the end. And then, essentially, they just go on a run because they rested their players smartly. Uh, throughout the throughout the regular season, and now they have the the energy for the the postseason. I think the Nets are going to start doing the same thing, especially with kind of KD's injury um, and just sustainability. They're probably going to start playing him less and less. Uh, Kyrie is not injury prone, but he's had injuries in the past. So they might start playing him less and less as well. Uh, so it, that wouldn't surprise me. I, that's one of the reasons I think that the Philadelphia team could maybe have a pretty good run in the postseason because all their players haven't been playing every single game. Um, but we'll see. I just think now with the Blake Griffin addition, they're, the Nets have become deeper, and depth was my biggest concern with them after they traded for James Harden because they traded away so many pieces. But yeah, no, I think it would not. I would probably put my money now that we're gonna have a, a Nets Lakers finals, which I think is awesome for the game too because you're getting two powerhouse not only teams but players. I mean, you're having arguably five of the five best players in the league. I wouldn't put Kyrie as the top five, but like you have five of the top 10, maybe 12 players in the league uh, in this, in the finals. And that's great for ratings. I know that the game suffered last year from ratings, obviously because of the bubble, but also probably because just the players that were in the, in the, in the championship as well. And I think that's awesome. I think that'd be a fun series. I don't think it would be, that would be a series where, you know, either team could win. I think in my mind, I have LeBron probably come out on top on that series, but I like how I turned into an old man there. First, first I was a New Yorker. Now I'm an old man. What do you guys expect? I'm a theater major. <laughs> um, so yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if the Lakers were able to come out. Just LeBron. That's the funny thing too. Everyone's like, oh, they're doing all this to beat a 36-year-old veteran. Yeah, they kind of are. Let's be real. This would not be happening if people weren't so afraid of LeBron. LeBron is... Do you think LeBron sees this and he's like, really? <laughs> really? Come on, man. Uh, I do think it'd be interesting if Drummond also went to the Nets. <laughs> so then they could just like release maybe uh, DeAndre Jordan. I doubt they would, but then you could have like an actual center. That would be kind of interesting, but I think we'll go to the Lakers. Um, so yeah, there we go. An entire segment to the NBA. I haven't had that in a while. We've <laughs> probably lost half my viewers there. For those of you who are still here, we're going to talk about Dak Prescott in the next segment. Obviously, he signed a huge contract. And then also we got my butt eye means for this week. So... Stick around for that. Welcome back to the Train Camp Podcast. If you guys did miss it in the last 
leg of the pod. Uh, we talked about the news of the week, which literally took up like half of the first segment, which is literally never happens. Uh, and we just talked like the NFL fiasco and then also just the recap of uh, All-Star Weekend. And then we also talked about the Lakers and the Nets possibly adding Drummond to the Lakers and the, also the Nets, not possibly, but they have added Blake Griffin to the Nets. So I talked about my thoughts about those teams doing that and how I think those will stack up against each other in what I think will probably be the M- the NBA. Or yeah, I was right, the NBA. <laughs> I was like, the NBA Finals. In the NBA Finals. In this leg, here we go. Dallas Cowboys back in the news. What does that mean? Content. Give me that content. <laughs> Thank you, Dak. This is awesome. As sad as I am that you signed this contract, which I'll get into in a second, I appreciate it because you gave me content. <laughs> I don't have to speculate anymore. So if you're living under a rock, uh, Dak Prescott did finally sign his contract with the uh, Dallas Cowboys for a four-year deal, which I know is what Dak wanted. The Cowboys wanted him on a five-year deal, which is what they offered him last year, but he got a four-year deal this year. The contract <laughs> is $160 million. $126 million guaranteed over the next four years. Uh, in the first year, he gets $75 million, but $22 million is against the cap. So I'm going to start there. That's a good thing. The Cowboys can now have some wiggle room when it comes to helping their fixing their defense, essentially. The cap just dropped from $198.2 million last year to $182. Point. We lost... $16 million from the cap, which is why you're seeing so many teams cut players. So with Dak taking a team-friendly... Actually, that's not team-friendly because $22 million for a Dak Prescott contract is really, really, really friendly for his first year. But, um, you know, $22 million, that gives them room to work on the secondary. Then they can also address... Stuttered. Uh, address secondary in the draft and also not even just their secondary, but their linebacking core and their defensive front, just everything that they have issues with right now. What other good things do I have to say about this before I get into the negatives? Uh, yeah, second year with Mike McCarthy, that'll be huge for him. He actually gets to play through the entire year. He gets some OTAs as well. There'll be an actual system. Uh, I think the Cowboys having Dan Quinn on the defensive side is great for them as well because not only can they get better players, and it looks like there's going to be players willing to take smaller deals because they're going to be players cut. Like, uh, oh, I totally forgot about to talk about this in News of the Week. But players, you know, like Malcolm Butler obviously got cut from the Titans, and there were other uh, just smaller-named players that were cut, and there's probably going to be some bigger-named players cut within the next couple of days. One surprise me. Once this is uploaded, someone big gets cut because big news always drops right after I upload the podcast. But and so the, those players are going to be willing to take you know more friendly deals. Which playing for the Dallas Cowboys, really you get a lot of money not from the team but from the endorsements. So it would not surprise me if they were able to get other players. And Dan Quinn's a great defensive coach. Uh, anything else good from this? Nope. Okay, let's get into the negatives here. <laughs> year twenty, year one, twenty-two million dollars against the cap. That's awesome. Year two, $33 million against the cap. That's fine. That's what I pro- that was like the most I would have signed Dak for on a year by year, like year average year salary. Year three, $44 million against the cap. You thought that was bad? Year four, $47 million. That is more than, than the average that. Uh, Dak Prescott, that Patrick Mahomes will be making. Patrick Mahomes' average contract was $45 million. Dak's getting 47 against the cap his last year. So you guys are just 
scratching year three and year four of his career, right? Like, you guys just know that you're not going to get far. Uh, you don't have a great history of drafting. You guys had a great draft offense. You don't have a great history of drafting defensively. Uh, you guys are on on average, unaverage team. You guys constantly disappoint whether you guys look great on paper. You guys love to pay people who aren't worth their money, so you are going to have a cap hell situation. Who knows who you're going to extend? You're probably going to... It would not surprise me if in two years they extended CeeDee Lamb for like $18 million a year. I mean, the, Michael Gallup's contract is up. They're probably not going to let him walk and give him an overpayment to a contract. 44 and $47 million in the last two years of Dak's deal is literally just admitting that you are not going to be getting to... You might get to the playoffs, but with the way Washington's looking and with the way the Giants might be looking with Saquon back and the way Philadelphia might be looking with a brand new coach, I don't think I we're probably the Philadelphia is probably the they're they're in a bad one in this in this conference in this division right now. But you have two teams that are going to be viable. I genuinely think Washington, even if Heineke is a god, which I I'm not sure about yet. Um, that was one of the but I means from a couple weeks ago. But even if if they are able to get like a really really great quarterback, that Washington team with that defense and their weapons honestly could win 12, 13 games. The Cowboys with Dak getting paid that much money can't. You can't because you can't spread the wealth. You guys don't have a good history of drafting unless Jerry Jones steps down, and that's been the cut. That's what happens when I talk about the Cowboys. Is I say Jerry Jones should step down. And another thing that really bothers me about this is now that he's going to be making 44 and 47 million dollars, I think the 22 and the 33 for the first two years is great. But with 44 and 47, that's going to ruin the quarterback market. Here are just a few names of quarterbacks that we think are probably going to get from the way they've performed so far. Two of these are rookies and one like these are play, these are quarterbacks that we think okay, they're going to get really really big contracts. Lamar, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray. Those are only five quarterbacks. I'm going to think of other expiring contracts for quarterbacks who are better, uh, playing at higher levels. They're going to look at Dak's contract and be like, okay, Dak got 44. I want 48. And you know what? That's totally fair because I would I would not take – the only person on this list that I would not take over Dak right now is Lamar because I still have questions with Lamar. I would take Josh Allen over Lamar. I would take Justin Herbert over Lamar. I would take Joe Burrow over Lamar, and I would take – uh Kyler Murray of Lamar. Why Joe Burrow? Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert already looks better. Joe Burrow's younger, and he showed great flashes with a horrible team. He was able to almost win games with the worst offensive line, arguably, in the league, and with his starting running back out the entire year, and with, for half the season, one good receiver. Yes, Joe Burrow seems like he's a real deal, and I didn't even believe in Joe Burrow. So there are just, there are five, five, one, two, three, four, yeah, there are five quarterbacks right there alone that should be making uh, more than Dak should. And once they get their first extension, and they're all going to be like, okay, cool. Dak got 44. I want 40. I want minimum 45, probably 46. The biggest person that I think is going to have the biggest effect on as soon as possible is Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen's going to look at that and be like, yeah, I want 50. I want $50 million. And that's fair because they all play at a higher level than Dak Prescott does. Um, I don't know, man. It's just that I think this is going to be the Jared Goff situation and the Carson Wentz situation all over again, where just by doing this one contract extension and signing, they're going to ruin the market. And the cap went down this year, so God knows how this is going to happen. Um, I think Patrick Mahomes kind of set a nice precedent where it is spacing the money out over time. It would not. I think there are two players on this list that I think will sign 10-year contracts. I think Josh Allen and Justin Herbert will sign a contract very, very similar to Patrick Mahomes. But again, with the DAC situation, you can't look at that and go, yeah, no, I'll take... 38 million which is probably like if this if Dak had signed for like let's say Dak didn't sign 
Lamar, I probably would not pay more than $34 million too. Josh Allen, I'd be willing to pay upwards of $38, $39 million. Herbert, if he keeps playing, getting better at this rate, I would be willing to pay $38, $39, $40 million. Uh, Joe Burrow, again, with question marks after last season, but still, if if this is his floor, $37, $38 million. Kyler Murray, $36 at the minimum. I think Kyler's going to get better. He was my... uh, my dark horse last year MVP, and he honestly might be my dark horse MVP this year as well because he got hurt for half the season. He could be making thirty-seven to forty million dollars as well. But with the Dak situation, you can increase that by ten, maybe even fifty million per player. So I don't really like the way that that affected the quarterback market. I think that's the biggest thing. Obviously, it's going to affect the Cowboys and the Cowboys just for the future. But um, I think the biggest effect this is going to have is just on free agency in general and the quarterback market itself, just because now quarterbacks that are better than Dak Prescott are going to want bigger money. That's just what happens. I Like I, I've been saying, I think Dak Prescott should have signed a smaller contract just because also you make a ton of money uh, with endorsements because you're the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. But at the same time, he's like, I'm the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. That's why I should get paid more. No other team was going to offer him 44 and $47 million per year. Sorry, the Cowboys overpaid. That's my thought. And I'm going to leave that story right there. Let me know what you think, Nick. Oh. <laughs> uh, Let's get into my but I mean my but I means. But I mean, y'all know what this is. If you don't, it's kind of like my hot takes. Essentially, it's something that like most people think about. Be like, oh, but I mean, why not? Why not? You know, but I mean, why not? Number one, we're gonna stick with the NFL. We're gonna go NFL, and then we're gonna go NBA, and then we're gonna go back to NFL. Sticking to the NFL. So I know that the Jets they went two and fourteen last year, and I know that Sam Darnold is. As much as I love that man, and I would love to have him as a Pittsburgh Steeler, he just looks broken. And Adam Gase ruined him. And they had to let go Le'Veon Bell, and they had to trade Jamal Adams, and they've lost so many good pieces to what should have been a great roster. But, I mean, why can't the New York Jets make the playoffs next year? Think about it. I mean, like I said, Adam Gase is no longer in the building, and we saw what it would not surprise me, and I'm actually counting on the Sam Darnold effect or the Ryan Tannehill effect to, to happen to Sam Darnold. Because Ryan Tannehill did not have the talent coming out of college that Sam Darnold did. And Sam Darnold is also not just like talented, he's a very low-maintenance guy. He does not cause drama off the field. He doesn't cause drama on the field. His first day as a New York Jet, he went to a primary children's hospital, didn't tell anyone about it, just showed up <laughs> and you know talked with kids and stuff. So he's a great guy. Um, you're getting him out of the... Uh, just forgot that. I just said his name. Literally just said his name. Uh, old head coach of the Jets. The Adam Gase uh, situation. I think it's going to affect him way better than it did with Tannehill. And that would not surprise me. So, yeah, in, in this scenario, they're holding, on to, uh, they're holding on to Sam Donald in my mind. I mean, they also have the most cap space out of every single NFL team. So, in one season, one off season, let's fix the New York Jets, shall we? So... Keep Sam Donald for this year. Because even if he has a great year this year, guess what he's going to be next year? Hella cheap. Hella cheap. You can look at Sam and say, Sam, you had a great last year, but your other years sucked. We are not willing to pay you $37, $38 million, $39 million a year. We'll give you a $28, $29 million. Even that's kind of being generous with the way he's performed. Million-dollar contract for the next four years. Sam probably signs it because he's a low-maintenance guy, and there's no other team, again, that's willing to pay him more than that. Um, So... You have Sam out of the Adam Gase hellhole. Then you draft Penny Suel with your second overall pick. Don't take a quarterback. 
like I said, you want to see what you have with Zach Wilson or with Zach Wilson. <laughs> you want to see what you have with Sam Darnold one year out of the Adam Gase system. I know next year's draft class is not very good when it comes to quarterbacks, but there might be a quarterback like you could not have seen last year uh, that Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson would have won another t- out of their situations. This might happen again next year, and the Jets still have a lot of draft picks and a lot of free, uh, a lot of capital and cap space where they could make a trade like that next season. So th- there's that. Hold on, Sam Darnold. Draft Panay Sewell to get him with Makai Beckin. Uh, they will have great protection on him. And then there are teams that are not franchising certain players. Certain players like, oh, I don't know, Kenny Galladay. Sign him. I know a lot of people are saying Juju Smith-Schuster. I think Kenny Galladay is a more efficient player when it comes to he can perform as a one. We've seen that. He doesn't need a great quarterback. Uh, Kenny Galladay was able to perform without Matthew Stafford. Juju is a very, very good player. I think he's a good number two. I think if they could somehow do it, you'd want to get Galladay and Juju, and then you'd have Crowder in the slot. Honestly, Crowder's contract at that point would probably be really expensive, so they'd probably release him or trade him. But you could have Galladay and Juju if you want to make that contract, if they're very, very contract-friendly. I Right now, I, th- I think you just add Galladay. And then there are other players you can add as well. Players like, uh, who just got released today, I almost said Mike Brown. John Brown from the Bills. Super cheap contract. Speed wide receiver. That's why I don't think they should go after Juju Smith-Schuster. It's a better option. It's cheaper. So you put him on the outside, and you can have Galladay on the other side with Crowder in the slot. That's great. Now your offense is set. No, it's not. You still need one more piece. You need a running back. So who do you go after? You go after Philip Lindsay. He's going to be one of the cheaper running backs on the market. He probably could sign for $7 million. His market value is 8 I think if you're in New York, it's a great market to be in. He's willing to sign for 7 so now your offense is great. You've got protection for Sam Darnold. You've got Sam Darnold out of the Adam Gase system, and you have real weapons for him. You have people who have proven that they can succeed. Now let's go to the defense. So uh, they can sign Jadavian Clowney. Obviously, the new coach, Salah, he is a defensive genius. We saw what he did in San Francisco. I think he'd be able to utilize Clowney in the best way possible. And they, Oh, and then the other offensive sign that they would sign is they would sign Trent Williams as well. I think that they would probably move Panay to the other side, and they would have Trent Williams go on the left side. Um, that that makes an, a, more, probably one of the arguably a top five offensive line in the league. So on the defensive side, I think they just franchised their safety, which I think was really, really smart of them. I think they go after Clowney, who's willing to take a cheap contract because he had a bad year last year. He needs to prove himself again. He probably signs a two-year deal for super cheap. Salah can get the best out of him. I think they should also go after John John, John Johnson, I think that's his name, from the Rams. Uh, he could play the opposite of the, I can't remember the name of the guy that they just franchise tagged, but it's the other safety that they have. Now you have two great safeties. And then in the draft, this is something that JP uh, recommended in his big board. And I also got Parker's advice too. I liked Parker's advice. That's why I said Penny Sewell because I knew protection. But I think they're going to go uh, Zavin Howard, I believe is his last name. But the linebacker uh, with their with their 18th overall pick, I think that would be super smart. Now you have a great linebacker. There are other at – that, at that point, you probably still have some cap space. So you could go after maybe a, a Levante David who's available or any other players that get cut. You're going to need some corners. So you might want to draft those in the second, third, fourth rounds. I think, honestly, if you make those deals, you could win nine games la- uh, in the next year. The, not this season, but the season before, the Jets were able to win seven games. I think this could put them at nine, maybe ten wins. I, I think the Bills will still have a good season. I think the Bills will probably go 12-4. and four. I don't think they'll go 13. I think 12-4 is good. I think Miami will probably not be as good as we're expecting. They're, they are eyeing James Conner, according to Schefter. Um, but, yeah, I don't think Miami's going to be as good just because their, their quarterback situation is going to be kind of odd. So I think Miami will probably go 9-7. I could see the Jets being a... Uh, wild card team next year if they if this if they make these changes which i'm not saying i'm a gm but i think in my opinion those would be really great i just used half of my but i means for the new york jets and i only have like five minutes left so i gotta get this done my second but i mean 
I know Dame Lillard is very, very loyal to Portland, and he would never do this in a million years. But, I mean, why can't he force his way out and go to the East? Like, come on, man. There's one team in the West I think he could go to, like, trade-wise, um, that he would be able to probably be a one. I know they're the four seed right now, but I'm saying, like, an actual competitive team. I think the Pelicans would be really interesting. They have caps. They have caps. Yeah, they have cap space. They have young players. They can build around them, and they can bring in Dame Lillard, who's a great, not just locker room guy, but he's a great leader. I think that'd be really interesting. Shout out to Nick. He put that idea in my head. But I think if he went to the East... There are three teams in the East that I think would be perfect for him. I'm going to give them an order. I think the New York Knicks, with the way they're performing right now, with how little money they've spent, and with Tibbs as the coach, I think bringing in Damian Lillard would be amazing, not only for Damian Lillard, but for the Knicks. I think the Knicks would be a genuine top four seed in the the East. Um, The East is just obviously weaker than the West. It doesn't have LeBron James. So if this forcing his way to the East is Damian Lillard's best chance to get to the finals. It's not going to be through the Western Conference. Unless LeBron leaves again to a different conference, to the Eastern Conference, he's not going to get there. Um, so I think the Knicks are the best fit with, with how big of a jump they've made this year. Second team, I think Chicago. I think Chicago's still figuring things out with Billy Donovan, but uh, obviously next year it's looking like they're going to draft the point guard whose name I can't remember because <laughs> I'm really horrible with names today, but it's looking like they're drafting obviously the number one overall point guard in the nation right now. But if they get Damian Lillard, they don't have to worry about that. They can have Kobe White come off the bench. They have great young players. And their players, again, are kind of like Sam Darnold. They haven't played as well as they would have liked. So they're going to be cheaper contracts. And then the other team I think would be really interesting. I don't know how it would work cap-wise, but Miami, uh, just him with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, I think would be really, really great. Uh, they still have also have Tyler Hero on a rookie contract and Duncan Robinson on a really, really cheap deal as well. So I think those are the best uh, fits for him. And I think that'd be awesome. And the last, but I mean... I don't know they have a history of disappointment and being average when on paper they should be amazing. But, I mean, why can't the Cowboys have a 12-4, 13-3 season next year? I pointed out some of the goods in the earlier segment. They can spend money on defense now. They have a great defensive coach. They have great weapons on offense between Zeke and all three wide receivers. His O-line is finally healthy, so he's going to get the protection that he usually gets, him being Dak Prescott, obviously. Second year under Mike McCarthy. I don't know. Oh, my God. That just gave me a heart attack. I See, I tell people that my house is haunted, and I'm pretty sure it is. There's more proof. Zach saw one of the other things that happened. There's more proof. Um, yeah, but I mean, why can't they get, why do I why do I do this to myself? They're gonna be nine and seven next year. They're gonna be eight and eight next year. Let's be real. There's my bold prediction. But I mean, why why can't they beat? On paper, they're twelve and four, thirteen and three. Why can't they beat? So quick recap of the but I means. I know the Jets were ass last year, but I mean, why can't they make the playoffs next year? I know Damian Lillard would never do this in a million years, but why can't he force his way out of Portland and be in the Eastern Conference? And I know the Cowboys are constantly average, but I mean, why can't they not be average this year? Thank you guys for coming to the podcast this week. Uh, we had a really loaded show this year, this week, which is really, really nice because I didn't have to scrounge <laughs> for content like I have for the past two weeks. Um, if you guys can, I'm going to leave a link in the description to JP and Parker's new Twitter accounts. Uh, Parker's is at FBTN Analytics. That's football by the numbers. That is his new... He do, We do not really like Pro Football Focus here that much because they have very weird selections and choices on how they rate 
rate and rank things. So we don't, he's creating his own. So show my man Parker some love. And then also JP at Draft McGee. He's doing these great uh, uh, big boards and draft boards right now for the upcoming NFL draft. JP loves to talk all things football. He also likes and retweets a million different things from different uh, sources and different uh, beat reporters, same with Parker on FETN Analytics. So if you guys are into that, please give them a follow. They also love this show, so we got to show them support as well as the way that they've shown us support. So I want to thank you guys for watching the podcast this week, and I will see you guys on the podcast next week.